I had to pull myself out of an absolute spiral in the last couple of days because like my room was so messy stop I wasn't showering yeah. I was like do you find this time of year gets you down like do you get as the light goes as the light fades do you get darker I actually quite like this time of year but any season change usually affects me um my mood quite well quite a lot so um yeah just this week I kind of noticed myself slipping on a lot of things um and I had to try and pull myself back up but how did you manage I just had to have a few words had to myself chat with yourself and, yeah. yeah and just clean my room it's not yeah. perfect now but it's just like a livable in. I'm not great at keeping my space tidy or myself yeah to be quite honest um yeah I don't know what it is yeah I don't know is it some kind of do I have ADHD like everyone else? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Like everyone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> do I have undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> like everyone on TikTok seems to think they do? Yeah, no, I struggle to shower in, I think maybe because I have a really grim bathroom where I live, Fair. but also just, I don't know. It sounds gross when I say it out loud. I no, struggle 100%. to shower, but like. Sophie talked about that when she was on as well. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. we are like non-showering sisters yeah. because we're good friends. And we actually went for a swim in the sea not that long ago, a few weeks ago. Because there is like an outdoor cold shower at Sea Point, and I was like, we can do our showers there. It'll make it more <laughs> exciting. I think it's like a self when you know when you're mentally ill, you sometimes struggle with self care, looking after yourself, yeah, um, or like I don't know, perceiving yourself in the shower, yeah. So yeah, sometimes it's a struggle, but I find if I get to do it in a in an environment I enjoy, mm-hmm. it's not so bad, yeah. Which kind of makes sense, I guess. But the thing I have to force myself to do is brush my teeth. I just find it so boring. Oh yeah. Can't talk. Yeah. Can't really listen to anything. Yeah, it's it's really loud in boring. your ears. And yeah, I, I literally have to, like, I'm like a child. I have to time myself yeah. um, doing I, it because otherwise I'll do it for 10 seconds. I just bought myself one of those new electric, mm-hmm. whatever, toothbrushes that's supposed to time yourself. It times you. I bought it, I would say, at least six weeks ago. It's still in the box. Really? Because I'm like, oh, not another thing I have to answer to. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I love my electric toothbrush, to be Just fair. let my chiclet teeth fall out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then I got really sad yesterday because I was looking up how to be mayor of Dublin. Okay. And I realised you have to be a city councillor. Oh yeah, you'd have to do that first. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought anyone could be mayor. I no, you like have to be on the council. I actually used to work in local radio. Okay. So I know quite a lot about council. Right. Councils. <laughs> yeah, you have to be like elected from the council, I think, or right. something like that. I thought it was like a ceremonial role. Like I thought anyone could do it. Yeah, no, that'd be good though, wouldn't it? It'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. A lot of city, you know cities that have like dogs for mayor and stuff like that. Yeah, you could just bop around wearing the necklace. 100%. Living in that nice house. Definitely. The mansion house. Do you get to live in the mansion house? I think so, yeah. That would be a nice Yeah, like the US the president, but you're in the mansion house instead. Yeah. And you've got that nice restaurant mm-hmm. right beside it. It'd be perfect. Yeah. I'm sure you get a nice bursary. Yeah, well. you don't want to be a councillor though. No. That'd be no, horrific. Absolutely not. I don't want to. But where I'm from, I'm a bit of a cult team. Where I'm from, the county council is mostly about, you know, skate parks and potholes. Yeah. I think Dublin might be a little bit different, but mm. still mostly the same stuff. Oh, I just wouldn't. I don't think I'd show up very well arguing with um, other councillors. Yeah, and then you have to like sit in a room with like bigots and exactly tax frauds. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, who? Yeah, oh, I'm not libeling anyone there, am I? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to Free Drinks at Layla's, the podcast where I have a drink with the guest and discuss the topic du jour. My guest this week is Emer McLeisett, author, writer, podcaster.
anything else to add? No, no. I sometimes forget I'm a podcaster. Thanks for throwing that in. <laughs> You're I think welcome. that's good. Shower dodger. <laughs> yeah. Um do you guys record your podcast in a restaurant in restaurants like No. No, okay. so yeah, I'll just I'll explain. Me and my friend Esther do like a roast. Yeah, we had a, Esther was on. Uh, oh, was she? Yeah. I never listened to her episode. I oh, missed no, it. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to go back and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do like a Carvery mm-hmm. um, podcast. We've done two like little seasons of it. No, we record in Esther's house, but we do go to um, like pubs and Carveries and okay. like record little bits on our phones. Yeah, but we record most of it in our in Esther's house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because well, when I was listening, I thought it was in in a restaurant. Like, oh. I was like, that's very impressive. Ambiance. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we are. Um, yeah, no, we're in Esther's study and Esther's beautiful Dublin night home. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a Dublin night person, I, I, I approve. Same. <laughs> so do you want to know your topic? Yes, I'm kind of nervous. It's or like anticipatory. Okay. Uh, okay. The topic du jour is hit it, Nile. Doubt. Ooh. Yeah. Instantly, no doubt has come into my hi- my head. <laughs> yeah. I.e. the band. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We could we can just sing that. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. I thought it would be a good one. Um, you've just come off your successful press tour. Is that what we call it? Yeah, or? yeah. So we, me and Sarah Breen, who I write the Ashing books with, have done now five books together. Yeah. And the fifth book was like the last book in the series. Mm-hmm. So. We're just like coming down off that yeah. and kind of going, oh, we need a new job. Um, yeah. But yeah, doubt comes into this kind of work that I do a lot. I'm sure it does. Yeah, That's it does. So, so you experience self-doubt a lot. Oh, co- almost constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the work stuff, it's like I actually said to Sarah, and I don't, my, this might sound bad, but I actually admitted to Sarah recently, I was like, I... I'm so full of self-doubt that like we've done anything worthwhile that I'm like everyone who reads and enjoys these books must be dum-dums because oh, wow. yeah, like that's the level of kind of I can't quite believe yeah. we've managed to pull this off and we've kind of talked to each other at times about you know we shouldn't talk about ourselves like that like we're successful you know we've done well but it's really hard of course it is because I don't know if just my whole life I've been like how am I managing to pull this off mm-hmm. or this is never going to be good enough or, you know, I I kind of, so does everyone go through life like that? I, I know. I don't think they do, but no. I find that really hard to yeah. get my head around that yeah. not everyone thinks the same kind of self-critical way that I do. Do you think it's a writer thing though? Um, no, I, can, I can even think of some writers who are like really, men. really confident. And st- well, <laughs> men, yeah, yeah, men. <laughs> um, could be a writer thing, but I, suspect it happens across all kinds of um, careers or you know endeavors or whatever writing it like you don't know how good it is or how welcomed it's going to be until it's out definitely which is kind of nerve-wracking yeah um and it's being it's being received by a lot of people all at once yeah. rather than, you know, just reporting to a boss or, you know, sending in your numbers for the week or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, and especially when you've been successful with previous works and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. And me and Sarah, for every book, we, subsequent book we've done, we're like, this is be, be the one we're going to be found out. <laughs> um, so there's huge amounts of self-doubt. Yeah. It's probably like the public, like, success probably really adds to it as well yeah like the, the fact that people are 
and there's people going, oh, I can't wait, and what's going to happen, and yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, it's just, and luckily, every book that's come out has has been well received Mm -hmm. for the most part, but I mean, like that can't go on forever. So it's like you're always waiting for you know the shoe to drop or whatever that saying is. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just. Do you get to enjoy your success? Um, I struggle with it. Okay. Because I'm gonna get really deep now. I no, like, no. um, kind of, I'm watching it from I call like back emer and front emer. Okay. <laughs> like so, I have this kind of like um, it's almost like a dissociative state where you're like kind of um separated from your life almost. Okay. I don't know if I'm making much sense. So I struggle to kind of in the moment with right. you know any success that Sarah and I have had because I feel like I'm kind of watching it from Happen, from yeah. behind mm-hmm. and it's not actually happening to me yeah um no I get that yeah it's it's yeah like it's something I've probably struggled with all my life but I've mm. only recently kind of acknowledged that it's something that happens yeah so yeah and it's kind of sad it is because sad, you're like yeah. oh what's I'm, I'm I'm like oh what's that like for that girl that girl being me yeah even the, you know dissociation with them yeah yeah yeah, pretty much yeah like you know I've talked about it in therapy you know we've we've gone back to the old childhood and gone yeah that's probably makes sense (laughs) but Mm. um yeah so it's it can be very hard to not maybe enjoy it's the wrong word but to experience it definitely um which is yeah it's kind of sad and it's hard because it's like well will I ever be able to enjoy or experience anything yeah, I definitely I, like I, I've met a lot of mentally ill people in my time and I feel like, you know, a lot of us struggle with yeah, feeling like we deserve things and mm-hmm. the the dissociation can really kick in. Like that makes a lot of sense to me what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Um like it's the same what I was saying like I can't understand why everyone in the world doesn't think the same way I do like with the very critical stuff. Yeah. And like when I'm thinking like, you know, bad thoughts I'm like I can't understand how everyone doesn't feel like this 100% yeah. um I can't understand there are people who don't you know think like this all day long yeah. go through their lives thinking like this, God, this is sounding very gloomy <laughs> but, um, but yeah no but there are aspects of me and Sarah's success that I have really enjoyed and it's Good. probably been the parts of us working together definitely um because that has been brilliant and getting to like spend time with her and work with her and experience it with her has been really positive. Is that really sad now that like? No, because we will continue to work together. Oh, will you? I think. Okay, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and we're. I, I, I never want to ask that question. What's next? Yeah, but, um, but no, we're re- we. I mean, we're really good friends outside of work. Like good. we go on holidays together. We have the same group of friends. We spend a lot of time together. So we're really good at separating the work from the friendship. Good. Yeah. A lot of it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time nice and we're also like super procrastinators and we will leave all the work to the last minute so a lot of it was just like messing and then we're like oh god we've got to do the work yeah um, <laughs> but like I worked in offices for years I worked in anxiety inducing jobs for years and this is definitely like I feel quite lucky to be able to be self-employed and work as a writer yeah and like you know scratch a living out of it definitely so, yeah you know, there's definitely a lot of positives to it. A hundred percent. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I do experience doubt that much. <laughs> you, you saying uh, people like um, you wonder why people do other people's heads not work that way, but like I, like, do you ever put out a podcast and go, oh, 
what if I don't know if I, how I feel about this I'm not saying and you should feel like that but you know <laughs> that's you know I feel like that's kind of like the equivalent of yeah like, oh is this gonna um I don't I don't know if I'm just really good at like kind of pushing that down yeah because that's great well I don't know like I feel like I would give in to stuff like that very quickly if yeah. I actually let it take space in my head yeah. um but I I think if things came easy i'd i'd doubt myself a lot yeah. and stuff like that um like it, well like one of the things was well, like i did a show this year and like i wrote it and pitched it to um smock alley and like straight away they were like yeah and they gave me a date and like i, I really thought that was going to be way more of a struggle yeah and i was like oh fuck like this they they think this is going to be really good now and like I'm, I'm just an amateur and blah 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 like that just, sounds just like a lot of days yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was it yeah. i think maybe if sometimes if i feel like yeah i haven't earned something oh then, yeah yeah um and yeah. then feeling like earning something is really i suppose it, really it, i can't think there'd be anyone who's new to something who wouldn't feel some element of doubt 100 i think if there's people who never feel doubt then they're narcissists like yeah. i mean you know the definition of narcissist yeah you're like oh, no everything i do is great so <laughs> why wouldn't or i think they just don't care that much like i i've done jobs before where like i'm like yeah i can do this i'm good at this and but it's because i don't really care like I, yeah. I think but with your work and my work being creative like you care yeah. about it so much that yeah i'm also wondering how much if it is anxiety that i'm mistaking for doubt okay because i you know i'm just a very anxious person i find myself just constantly like anticipating what could go wrong okay. not even what could go wrong but just i'm not going to feel safe okay. in this scenario yeah and that's not good mm-hmm. and that could be any scenario it could be a work scenario you know going out for the night scenario just you know i'm just gonna feel not not good right okay um, so probably a lot of doubt maybe is anxiety i don't know yeah yeah no I, am i, I talking I, nonsense no 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 <laughs> i think i think if you're an anxious person you're definitely gonna doubt things yeah a lot more yeah See, and i i definitely would have that feeling of not deserving things like i haven't worked hard enough for this that's yeah. a big one for me yeah um, and that would be an anxious yeah emotion i suppose yeah yeah i don't deserve this i haven't worked hard enough you know i haven't put in the same number of hours that someone else might put in yeah again i've talked a lot of this in therapy and they've tried to beat it out of me and I'm Ugh. like oh you, but you don't understand me. what a terrible person I am <laughs> yeah I must go back to therapy I've actually been taking a break for a while well actually um, I was listening to your episode with Michelle McCormick and you mentioned that you've been in St. Pat's yeah. an eating disorder so have I have you yeah and then I was like ooh which bit which were you in Clara Ward were you I was in Clara were yeah. you an inpatient uh, no I was never in like the day hospital or something I or? did the day program yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting I was an inpatient okay. for a couple of months but I'm actually they are now doing an outpatient program are you yeah, they do um CFT which is compassion focused therapy for eating disorders yeah so I've been doing that since like March okay how um, are you finding it yeah it's really good yeah um it's kind of treating like the sim like the eating disorder itself so you know regular meals I'm sure you remember three meals three yeah. snacks, three snacks <laughs> glass of milk yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then they're also doing like the compassion focused therapy, which is all about self-criticism, negative self-belief, all of those kinds of things, which a lot of people with eating disorders of struggle course. with. Yeah. Or, and also, you know, whatever trauma you have in your past, what they call your formulation, which is basically like, how yeah. did you end up here? Mm-hmm. You know, tell us about your parents, all this kind of thing. So it's really good. It's really intense. It's group therapy. Group therapy is so intense. Yeah. And I had never, like I had done it's not really group therapy you do as an inpatient because they're kind of 
more extreme like clinical circumstances whereas yeah. the people in the outpatient group therapy probably are just a bit more able yeah for it 100 yeah. percent. and they really prepare you for in this particular um therapy they're really prepared for you but yeah they'd probably be interested in what i was saying right now about yeah. self-doubt okay <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting yeah. it's yeah. um that program i've literally watched it like bring people back from the brink like yeah i don't know I, I never have enough good things to say about paths to be honest yeah um but then i i don't know i i think it's a lot more challenging at the moment to seek help like i'm very lucky that i did it all pre-pandemic um, and yeah. i don't know if it's gotten back to normal now but um um i've from yeah. what i've heard it's it's been challenging it was challenging i was actually my inpatient stay ended literally the day the first lockdown started in ireland oh God. so i was like released i always liken it to which is a bit dramatic but have you seen that film 28 days later no. So it's a zombie film where Killian Murphy wakes up in hospital like he's been in a car crash or something. Right, okay. He wakes up in hospital, you know, from a coma and the there's a zombie apocalypse right. has happened okay. while he was sleeping mm-hmm. and he's just like comes out into the world and he's like, what the fuck? And I felt a bit like that. I yeah. was like, um, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't be alone. Don't, you know, and I live on my own. And okay. they were like you know, to s- recover, you need to surround yourself with people, connectedness. Yeah. And I was like, um, I'm not literally forbidden by law to do that. Jesus Christ. But, and so there was no like day program. So usually when you're an inpatient on the eating disorder ward, you then are stepped down, you step it, down yeah. into the outpit, into the day program. And that had been cancelled basically. Fuck. Like they did it online, but yeah, it wasn't the same. You know no, yourself and doing yeah. it. You know, you kind of need to be going in. Definitely. Um, you need to be held accountable in that way. Yeah. So it was difficult. Jesus yeah, it was Christ. very difficult. But then I had to wait until this year for my health insurance to kick in to cover the CFTE program. Right. Okay. Because I went in with no health insurance the okay. first time. I'm, right. I was covered by the HSE. It's a long story. Yeah. But it is ex- so difficult to access that kind of help if you don't have the right health insurance that's it you don't have the right psychiatrist to advocate for you like i feel like i just got lucky in a way but also was able to advocate for myself was a bit old. like i can't imagine how someone much younger than me would have yeah managed the same way you my know my first day i presented to any five times wow over the course of like four months because you go to a doctor saying that you're you're in crisis mode and then they send you to any and like, I, should, I mean, if you're fucking, you know, feeling suicidal yeah. or anything else, being an a and is not, no. <laughs> not a good place to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, and literally like I ended up having to scream into the face of a psychiatrist in wow. a certain hospital. And like, I'm not a, a shouty person yeah. ever. Like I'm, I'm not an aggressive person ever, but like I literally had to because I was like, I can't be sent home again. Yeah. But like they, you know, it's. Yeah, it's hard with the public system and then... And do like they then they, refer you to St. Pat's and you like... Yeah, yeah, and I had the health insurance yeah. and stuff like that. I was, I'm lucky enough to have been on that my whole life. So and um, that wasn't a worry for me, thank God. And like, Jesus, I'm so privileged in that way. But it was just like that little taste of it. Like actually, by the time I got in, I was actually yeah 10 times worse than I would have been if I'd gone in the first time, I think. Yeah. Um, Just because I'd been so put through the ringer that like I couldn't really trust that I was like in the right place and stuff. Yeah, there's more doubt. Yes. I definitely spent a lot of my time in there going, I don't deserve to be here. Yeah. You know, because I'm not the typical person people think of when they think eating disorder. Yeah. Um, So I was like, I shouldn't be here. I'm in the wrong place. Or, you know, I'm the, I'm the wrong kind of mad to be here. Like, yeah, I, maybe yeah. I should be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. 
but um and they were you know i had to be told it was like think about how many hoops you had to jump through to get here yeah you wouldn't you, you don't just stroll in off the street and that's go it. admit me yeah. <laughs> you know that's not how it works yeah. you can't just check yourself in 100 percent. um but still you're like oh i'm not sick enough to be here yeah. or but like i don't think I think there were very few people on that ward who would think they were sick enough to, yeah. to be there at the same time. And some time, of them like, were so. literally dying. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's been a journey, as yeah. they say. Well, I'm glad to hear you're in the programme anyway. Yeah. Um, I've heard really good things about the CFT and, yeah. and then the CFTE on top of that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I never did any of the other day programmes because thankfully just things started going okay for me oh, after doing the eating disorder day programme. But... I mean, I did have five stays as well, so um, that helps too. But um, the... I don't know how we got onto that. <laughs> it's just, you know, when you've met someone else who's been in, I always have so much gossip. I know. Um, oh, so much gossip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You're like, which... Wonder which nurses did you have? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so we can definitely do off mic. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah, what, how would be, like, what would be your best kind of method of overcoming it, of getting through it? Getting through the kind of self-doubt. The doubt, yeah. Okay, let me think. Um, for me, and this is kind of an individual thing, course, definitely yes, yeah. having Sarah that I work with in, in a work situation because she's, you know, she has different ways of coping with things mm-hmm. which are good. I'm sure I have ways of coping that help her. But she'd be a bit more of a, come on, get up and go. Or, you know, we have to stop talking to ourselves like yeah. this. Or, you know... We have to get this work done and we are and look at all we've achieved. Now there are times when she doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely stuff like that, and I'm definitely glad that we have each other to bounce off yeah. and to help each other along. We we do a lot of events and you have to travel a good bit. I can't imagine having to do it on my own. Definitely. Like exhausting. And having to go in and t- like talk to, and the talking to people and you know, how am I coming off and do they think I'm an arsehole and you know, are they oh just Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I'm like rolling in self doubt again already. Yeah. Here. But definitely having her her to kind of bounce and I think like getting older helps yeah like definitely as I've gotten older I do care a bit less about what people think of me mm-hmm. um I saw this TikTok the other day and it was about one of those kind of viral mental health methods I think it was called the let them method and it was basically some Brene Brown you know okay. type yeah had come up with this let them so it was like if your friends are like went out for lunch and didn't ask you let them if yeah. you heard someone's talking shit about you, let them. Okay. And I definitely, I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing that for a few years now. Okay. Just kind of like, let them. Yeah. But it's with the work stuff, it's harder because it's on a professional level. That's it. And it might be like a review in a newspaper or someone talking about you on social media. So that's harder to just be like, let them. Definitely. Because it affects your career and how yeah. you think going forward. But yeah, I guess let them helps a little bit. Yeah. Like, fuck them. No, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just actually just going to completely backtrack on my earlier statement. Um, it, it, that's actually hilarious that I was like, I don't really feel like I struggle with self-doubt or whatever because <laughs> yeah. I feel really comfortable at the moment because like I'm, I'm in a period where I can be a bit creative and stuff like that. But like I had severe, severe burnout from like all my um, mental illness and like, yeah. you know, when I when I first moved, to, like when I first went into paths, I, I might have told this story before, but like I used to have nurses like ripping my laptop out of my hand because I felt like I had to be writing and oh, really? um, manically like making something out of the experience. And like I felt like I had to be just so productive all the time. And like I used to just write, write, write. I used to have a blog and I used to um, do YouTube videos and I, I just exhausted myself and then doing college and stuff and then just feeling depressed. And then 
getting out of pots and like I went on I lived on illness benefit for a while and I just thought oh well that's it like I'm I'm just never going to be yeah I'm never going to do anything creative again yeah. or I'm never going to like what what I do again or now I'm just just this sick person and blah 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 um and like literally this time last year I was in that space I was I was a lot better I was seeing a therapist all the time and like I wasn't letting those really harsh yeah. thoughts get in on me but like I was in that space where I, I was doubting that I'd ever like it's feel easy. Okay I think again. it's it's easy to get into that space especially if you've been undergoing treatment of some type and I know there's this like it's almost a cliche at this stage oh if you broke your leg nobody would say you're not sick yeah but it's hard when you have kind of an a somewhat invisible illness and I've, I I even now find myself going oh how am I still going on about <laughs> my therapy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that like shut up yeah. and, but it, I also feel like you were like oh, I'm never going to get out of this mm-hmm. like I'm always going to be you know this is always this is going to be me going forward yeah um and even though you know I've had some you know work success while all this has been going on like I said I feel like I'm watching it yeah from yeah. behind a curtain and it's not actually happening to mm-hmm. me so it feels like it doesn't really count 100% recovery takes so fucking long though yeah. like I think I tried so long to push myself to like I don't know think of something or like start something that like you'll be passionate about and like I, I mean to, it still shocks me that like I'm on episode 22 of this podcast and I've been able to do it every week like that's yeah. because previously creative ventures I gave up on quite quickly and stuff like that in the last few years because I wasn't able um and like yeah but like the amount of times I tried to push myself into doing something that I wasn't that passionate about or whatever and then it just like clicks in but like when I actually think about it like the first time I went into Paths was 2017 it's now 2023 and this is the first year where I feel like I'm like back yeah myself again and stuff like that like that's six years yeah which now that I'm here I'm like oh thank god I took all that time or I know, whatever but yeah. it's the most frustrating thing ever to yeah think and I find forever. myself feeling quite guilty I'm like oh why do I need this amount of time to like recover and other people don't get it yeah and you would you would drive yourself mad thinking like that 100 um and I do think a lot about the people who can't access or you know just struggle on through or don't and it's you know really yeah. sad um but like you can't let yourself you know go under because you're worried that other you know definitely you just kind of have to be grateful for the opportunities you have yeah um yeah yeah i i agonize over that i remember the the, the last time the time that i screamed in the psychiatrist's face <laughs> um i was in that hospital and there was a woman presenting with the same symptoms as me mm-hmm. and she had been discharged okay. and she went and walked crying her eyes out walked to the desk and checked herself back into the A&E thing to go through it all again yeah and I just thought the strength of her yeah. but also like I walked away and got, went into a into a room yeah and she didn't and I, I used to talk about her all the time when people used to be like to me you just need to focus on where you are now yeah. and stuff like that and, yeah but like yeah it's it's overwhelming to even get into that headspace um it is and then the whole the whole sphere of mental health can be quite overwhelming if you think about it yeah like yeah like my mind is like racing even as i'm sitting here i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like oh my god and then i'm like what are we all doing this is all crazy i know um yeah Yeah. i think because i had so many readmissions as well like i i definitely felt and like they'd admit that to me now that people were kind of like 
God, how did you do nine weeks the first time and now you're back in? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I remember a family member asking me, was it going to be a revolving door situation? Mm. I remember <laughs> um, seeing a therapist as an inpatient while I was there. And, you know, I went in there thinking I had misheard some some appointment I'd had, yeah. you know, where they assess you before you go in. I was sure they had said it was something like two weeks. Oh, which really? is never is as no, an no, no way. <laughs> so I was telling everyone I'm only going in for two weeks or it might have even been a week oh, and then I got in there and after about two days I was like okay no I need to find someone to mind the cat because oh, <laughs> I'm staying here for a long time yeah. um I can't remember where I was going with that oh the readmission thing yeah I remember um but I thought I was like you know this is going to save me mm-hmm. this is going to heal me from whatever's wrong they're going to be like this is wrong take this tablet go out and think about this and then you're fixed yeah. and I was like and then my life can finally begin because I had felt up to that point you know I had been like this broken person yeah. who, ha- who hadn't experienced anything or yeah. anything I had was f- seen from behind the curtain and I thought that this was all going to fix it. And I remember seeing, sitting down with the therapist in there and her saying, you know, maybe this isn't the admission where, you know, or maybe it'll take, maybe it's the next admission where you're going to, you know, get the breakthrough. And I was like, sorry, what? Terrifying thing to hear. What? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. This isn't. And it has really stuck with me. And now I'm like, I can't see what she meant. But yeah. back then I couldn't. No. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And I didn't go back in as an inpatient, but I definitely... Probably, I I resisted it a few times. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I definitely could have gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember as well when I first got the psychiatric. Um, like I I saw a psychiatrist while I was in there and we did formulation psychotherapy I think, and uh, yeah, I was thinking, oh, this is great. I have a psychologist who's going to fix me, and basically. Yeah. We did like six sessions and then she handed me a formulation sheet, which is like basically the way my brain works and all that kind of stuff. I went, so that's what you need to take to your next therapy. And, and I was like, what? My next therapy? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was the best thing ever now yeah. because, but um, it was so terrifying for her to basically just like yeah. hand me my brain and then be like, so these are all the things you need to fix. Yeah. And I was like, I thought that's what I was here for. Yeah. I remember but, my last day as an inpatient, like like literally fra- begging for another session with the therapist, like another one-on-one. I did that too. I did and I was like, too. no, no, yeah. I can't. Yeah, you can't. I have to, there has to be, I'm not finished yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't finished this. And then I did a whole other year of CFTE one-to-one. Brilliant. Um, compassion-focused therapy. And I actually was just doing my taxes the other day and realized that I spent 5,000 euro on <sighs> private therapy last year. Oh, I don't make, I mean, I, people God. think, oh, you're a successful author. You, you're set for life. That is 100% not the case. Yeah. 500,000 or 500, <laughs> 5,000 euro is a huge amount of money. That's such a whack. I know. But, you know. Worth it. This. It's kept me going. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It kept me going. Yeah. And yeah. It's just so significant. Uh, but um, again, you're back in the, you know, what a privilege to be able to put that money aside and say, I'm going to spend it on therapy. Yeah. When, you know most people might go through their whole lives never seeing a therapist yeah i feel like oh this is gonna sound really wanky but like i'm so aware of like the lost souls in the city um like and stuff like that and like there's just so many people who like are are considered like you know vermin basically by by the majority of society and i'm like God, I would be there in other circumstances. Yeah. 
like the majority yeah uh, so many of the people that like society casts aside are cast aside because they have untreated mental illness and like 100 percent. you know that's not you know that's you know i'm not that's not a revelation that's Mm. you know yeah people should know that yeah um and you see i feel like you can tell you can almost read it on people's faces like what they've been through 100 percent. and you know i've done a lot of um, a lot of my mental health care has been in the public system and yeah. it, you know it is now more you know when I see a psychiatrist that's in the public system and I feel like you see much more of it there I'm and sure you're exposed you to a lot yeah. more of it and you know I did some day patient work in the public system and the things that you hear and the things you see and the stories you hear are just and like that's the people who've managed to get themselves there into that day hospital that's it. like that's it. it's not the people who are on the streets or the people with addiction issues or the people who are homeless or whatever like it's awful yeah but it's like where do we start yeah you know again like what can i do i'm just this you know sap i know yeah <laughs> yeah i I, m- I remember we were i was sitting in the smoking area in the hospital um with one of the guys um and then another guy was out talking to us and he was telling us all about like his art and his creativity and stuff like that. And anyway, he left and I said to one of the guys, do you think misery breeds like intelligence? And he was like, no, we're just in a private hospital. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Actually, he was like, you just think like that. Yeah. This is, but like, we're actually just seeing yeah. like a section of society. Yeah. And I was it absolutely, completely took that thought straight yeah. out of my mind where I was like, oh, you know, thinking that um, maybe like, oh, maybe I'm superior because I'm depressed or yeah. society. And then it's like, oh, no, fuck yeah. off. No, you're but, just, um, yeah. the the other thing, and I hate for this, like I would hate for this to sound patronizing, but like the thing I always think of is like, you know, when you find like an animal who's been living on the streets or like who's been abandoned and abused and stuff like that and they get rehabilitated and, you see the difference in them. Yeah. Um, when they just are showing a bit of care and love, like they might have been vicious and now they're not and stuff like that. Like I just, if there was a way to do that for people, like I just, you just wonder how. Yeah. And if the same compassion was shown for people. Like yeah. That, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love animals. I want them all to be rehabilitated. Definitely. But you probably wouldn't see the same no. kind of care given. And I mean, you know, you can't compare a person with an animal. No. It's, you know, you know, it's people and animals. They're yeah. two very different things. Even though we're all animals. You know what I mean? <laughs> I talking myself in circles. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, people have a lot more free will than animals do, I guess. 100%. And, you know, if people have been stuck in, as I said, addiction, homelessness, whatever, for so long, it's very, it can be very hard to convince them that there is another way for them. Definitely. And if they're depressed, you know, I've been very depressed where I've been like, what is the point? What did, well, like, we are all cracked. Like, what are we at? Yeah. The insignificant nobody's floating on this rock. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? So I'm sure if you're that down and out on your luck, it would be almost impossible to drag yourself up out of it. Like, I can't imagine it. Yeah. Um. Now I feel like I'm, feel, I'm sound patronizing, but, you know. It's no, just I, I, don't, I, like, I don't think it is a patronizing thing to say. I, I think, well, like, I, I think, again, I sound like a wanker, but, um, like, uh, we're fortunate enough to, like, know how how dire things can get for mm. people. And, like, if the rest of society understood that a bit more, I, I think yeah. things would just be a bit better. Yeah. God, this is a very humorless episode. <laughs> 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 Well, but you, I, was, you mentioned the smoking area in St. Pat's and I and you said it was the outdoor one. There's an indoor one yes. in on the Clara ward yes. because it's, you know, a locked ward. I mean, you're not locked in, but you know, yeah. 
sometimes you know sometimes people get, are not aren't allowed to leave you yeah. know, movements are restricted so there's an, a kind of an indoor smoking area kind of like you have at some airports mm-hmm. and it is one of the grimmest places i've ever it's seen i had given up smoking before i was hospitalized mm-hmm. so i felt quite lucky i didn't ever have to go in there but it was quite a grim little spot i know yeah I, when i was doing the day program i smoked and like i, I used to come home smelling like i'd been at a pub yeah like it's it's yeah it's like si- sitting in a really tiny wooden smoking area yeah paris is very On like the that. they floor. love an indoor smoking yeah. area it's yeah rotten yeah um yeah um, what else do you I love these, can we I, talk about? <laughs> I love these episodes so where uh, you just we, where we just forget about the topic and shy on. Yeah, Dow. So back to Dow. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was listening to um, Daniel Mooney's episode from was it last week, the week before, and he was saying that he'd been trying to predict what his topic was going to be, and I yeah. was kind of doing the same earlier. But what I, were your guesses? Like, I didn't really have any guesses. I was just like. Surely she won't ask me about Israel and Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, mean, now that you mentioned it, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking communication because I'm like fascinated how you work with, with someone. Oh, like yeah. where And stuff like that. But then, I don't know. Anyway, doubt. Doubt it was. Doubt it was. Um, and doubt I have. Is there any time in your life where like you don't experience doubt at all? Hmm. What a question. This is going to sound... A bit. Wanky. No, I want you to. It's I want you to be a bit wanky. And like say some, some nice things like when yourself. I'm in the water. Okay. Like so, I find I am happiest when I'm in water, okay. like floating. Like I'm not a super swimmer. I don't like swim fifty laps or anything. But I just love being in the water. I love being near the water. I love floating you must have in a the water. Fish brain. Yeah, I just think like I was on holidays over the summer with me and Sarah going on holidays with like this big group of friends and kids and whatever. Lovely. And um, we had a pool, and I was in the pool way more than the kids were, and the kid even the kids were like, "Emery, you're in the pool again. <laughs> you must have fins." Or you know, I just love being in the water. I feel kind of free or something. Yeah. Um. And I, I was that. just visiting a friend in Spain for the past few days and she lives literally, the sea is at the end of her garden. Oh my God. And I was in and out, like yesterday I was in the sea twice and they have like an outdoor shower. And even the outdoor, like I just, when I'm in this, you know, the sea ideally, but yeah. any water, I just feel free. I feel just happy. Isn't that a thing though where like, wasn't it like, when we were monkeys um, and we were in a body of water, we we didn't have to worry about predators. So oh, we used to really relax, so apparently. My, f- my fight or flight is yeah, non-existent. It, it, it relaxes yeah. the fight or flight. I've, I've yeah, definitely heard that before. Yeah, I um, just, and again, you know, I live in a bigger body. So I think being in water is, you just feel. A break from it. Yeah, it is a break from it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have doubt. Um, like I could feel the doubt creeping. I'm like, oh no, you don't feel comfortable in a swimsuit or you don't, but you know, I've, I've managed to put enough of that doubt at bay Good. to let myself enjoy being in the water. It's not that, that I'm like, I'm amazing, look at me. But mm-hmm. like I've managed with the help of like Louise McSherry is a good friend of mine and she convinced me in, I'm going to say 2015, maybe 2016, we went to Ibiza on her hen party. And, f- you know, for as long as I could remember, I would have worn a T-shirt over my swimsuit, you know, just in case somebody might see my arms. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, just, uh, you know, have to go into St. Pat's themselves because <laughs> <laughs> of what they'd been through. And she had been through kind of a journey herself on kind of 
you know, I'm going to enjoy being in a swimsuit or a bikini. And she, she gave me a swimsuit she had with her. Mm -hmm. And she said, please put that on and go into the pool and don't worry about what you look like. And I did it. And I wasn't 100% cured from my swimming, my swimming t-shirt. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was 80% of the way there. What an amazing thing to do for you. That's yeah. Like it was incredible. Yeah. And like my body is a lot bigger now than it was then. And I'm much more, I'm not confident, but I'm more comfortable yeah. in being in a swimsuit and just doing the thing. Good. Um, yeah. That's all we can really strive for at the end of the day. Yeah, so, so I, th- I feel like a lot of, you know, when I'm in the water, I don't feel a lot of doubt. I feel some, you know, discomfort yeah. to do it with my body. You know, there's a couple of times where a big wave might crash over you and you're like, well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my life's about to end. And, you know, that's a bit scary. But mm-hmm. other than that, I just love it so much. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's definitely one of the times when the doubt has been kept at bay. Good, good. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Good. How about you? Well, like I'm a big control freak, Mm -hmm. um, which I I think comes with the eating disorder personality sometimes as well. Oh yeah, big time. Um, but like I love hosting, um, and like I'm just never in doubt when it's like I'm in charge. (laughs) Oh yeah, I love that. Um, even like the other day we were like, um, we were trying to decide where to go after we were at um, House of Wig. Have you ever been? I haven't. We must go together, Emery. Yeah. You'd absolutely love it. Okay, Amazing great. drag show. Amazing. Um, and the, yeah, we were trying to decide where to go afterwards. And one of my friends just said, just let Layla decide because she'll just give that. out about everywhere yeah. that we go if, if you don't. And I love, I think um, it's such an asset to have somebody like that in the group though. Do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, God, I think I'm a pain in the earth. But <laughs> no. But yeah, and then like I love, like my dream is just um, having a big house where I can just like have oh. all the people I love in it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I just never, like I, I'm quite lucky in that like I'm, I've never feel that much doubt in social situations, but I can when like I don't know people who are there and stuff. But I yeah. think if I'm throwing a dinner party or just a party or whatever, like and I know everyone coming in, and stuff like that. I just that's when I feel really, really, really relaxed because oh, like that. my enjoyment is socialization. Yeah. It's just I'm such a social person, person, which is part of the reason that this podcast is is so fulfilling for oh, me. We're having our prudence, um, exactly. <laughs> yes, um, white wine spritzers. By the yes. way, I forgot to mention delicious. Um, but yeah, that's. that's I think I would I... have some doubt around ho- like same as you. My dream is to have like this. But I always say if I ever won the lotto. I would immediately book a massive holiday for, you know, 20 of my closest friends to Beautiful. go to an island. Beautiful. And just be together. Yeah. And just have the best time. Not have any worries. Yeah. And, yeah. My, or buy a big house and just have visitors constantly coming and going. Now, I think I would have a lot of doubts. Like, I can get very anxious about, like, well, what if they're not filling the dishwasher properly? And what if they're... It's the ashing of me. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, what, you know... Just kind of anxieties around that kind of stuff. And I do try and talk myself down from those kinds of things because yeah. they're they're usually destroy your good time. Definitely. If you're, you're being too anxious about yeah. things like that. But yeah, that's lovely that you feel kind of comfortable and you can have Thank you. your friends over I and host so them. And yeah. yeah. I think that is a good ending for doubt. I um, think so too. Do you swimming quest- and hosting. Swimming and hosting. <laughs> Try it. Um, do you have any question for me? Um, how is the bingo hosting going? <laughs> I never started, you know. Um, well, you've done it at your live shows, yeah. at the Bernard Shaw. Yeah, last time was fucking chaos because um, 
sorry now PJ but he was very drunk oh. and uh, he I, no, was, I feel like he's at his best well oh, it was great fun but I was like hurry up with the numbers right he was right. doing the numbers for yeah me, and uh, they were just making no sense um I love a then, spot of bingo uh, oh it was so fun but then PJ sat down and I did the numbers I'm okay. calling this time and as you know I go very quick oh, you do yeah people were not happy so um oh. well, I'm, speed, I'm still I feel finding like, my rhythm I feel like there could be something in speed bingo yeah it's it's highly competitive yeah 100% and you have to be on the move the whole time mm-hmm. and your eyes are darting I love bingo if any venue owner is listening on speed bingo I have my big like I have a huge bingo kit as well yeah. I have my housemates probably hate me. I have to store it under the stairs. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I bought the, the whole the whole. Well, shebang, listen, you, you shouldn't know? have any doubt about your bingo calling because <laughs> I you. think it's great. And I love a bit of speed bingo. Yeah. I go you. sometimes to bingo in Inchicore because my friend Sean is the caller there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's mostly older local residents. Beautiful. Who take no shit. Yes. No messing. No giggling, no laughing. Can I come with you sometime? Oh my God, you should. You'd I'd love, love it. I love bingo so much. It is incredible. It's okay. so much fun. I think it's every Thursday. And Sean is the perfect, like he has the odd little snarky aside, but he just flies through it. Nice. And yeah, it's just lovely. Okay, amazing. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> that. Um, so I'll just do my little thank yous. Um, thank you to... Niall Duggan, my fabulous producer. Sorry if this episode is unlistenable. He's not here today. Um, thank you to TJ Succulent for my music. Um, thank you to the Bernard Shaw for being our home. Um, I'm very cozy in here today. Um, and thank you so much, Emer. Honestly, that it's always really, really lovely. And it was something I got to do with Sophie as well to kind of reminisce over like hospitals and stuff because it's not something you get to talk about with everyone yeah it's and not yeah it's just thank you for being so mm. vulnerable on in a public oh, thank you um, for sphere thank you for being the perfect host <laughs> okay, <laughs> um so yes and thank you to my listeners um i forgot about you guys thanks bye everyone bye